Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into another episode of the Paul Leslie Hour. And now your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Hello and welcome. I'm honored that you're with us on another episode of the Paul Leslie Hour. On this episode, I'm going to take you to another day and time. This one is from a few years back. This was an in-studio interview, along with some performances, with a singer-songwriter and recording artist who has been influenced a lot by that place we call the tropics. That's right. Tropical islands have always captured people's imagination. I mean, just to say that, immediately I think about going away to some little island. It's a common fantasy of people. They want to be somewhere where they can't be reached. So yes, our guest, Jim Asbell, was definitely influenced by the tropics in his songwriting. At the time of this interview, he had released his album entitled Man Overboard, O-V-E-R-B-O-R-E-D. The spelling was intentional. We'll get into that in a moment. He went into the studio and did an in-depth interview, as well as some performances, some vocal and acoustic performances. Frank McInvale, who was the president of Jim's Islanders, the Jim Asbell fan club, he was there as well. He came along to see the interview and to see the live vocal and acoustic performances. And I decided, since he came along, it would be good to ask him a few questions as well. Speaking of Frank McInvale, this is not at all a advertisement. There's no endorsement here. It's just kind of interesting. One of the things that I'm looking forward to when all this mess is over is possibly doing some traveling. Well, not possibly. I, I want to do some traveling. Frank McInvale has a place called Tipsy Mermaid Art. It's a small batch pottery shop. They've got a beach and island theme, and they're located on Tybee Island. They make local, handmade pottery, driftwood art, all kinds of stuff. They make everything they sell upcycling, all that stuff. I really, I can't wait to go and check it out. Tipsy Mermaid Art. I just like their Facebook page, which if you're like most people, you're spending a lot of time on Facebook these days. Very simple to do that. Just go to facebook.com slash tipsy mermaid art and you'll get it. Well, we're going to play first the Jim Asbell session and then the Frank McInville interview one after the other. As always, if you want to support the mission of the Paul Leslie Hour, you can do so. Just go to patreon.com slash the Paul Leslie Hour. Now let's get into it. I hope you enjoy the interview, and I know you'll enjoy the musical performances. Thank you for listening. Let me know what you think. All right. Aloha, Jim Asbell. Aloha. Glad to have you here. Thank you. Great to be here. All right. Well, we're going to play a few songs for us. We're going to talk a little bit about your music. And I understand you have a song in mind you'd like to play for everyone. Yeah, I'll play probably the most popular one I got off the new CD. It's called Pirate in His Own Backyard. Hear it. Ponytail, contraband cigars. He's miles from water, but not too far to be a pirate in his own backyard. 
Palm trees swaying, pool water blue, dark island rum and smugglers loot. He's a pirate in his own backyard. Starry nights, the Roger flies as mischief in his restless eye. To serve his private domain. Landing from a yard on Swing's fish garden in a binding main. He's a pirate in his own backyard. And a cask of ale is sharp when minded never fails. He's a pirate in his own backyard. Doses to the seabird cries, living in his treasure pride. X marks spot of his dreams. Anchor filled up to the rim, he walks out back, says, Sail again from a harbor surrounded by the city. Mischief in his restless eye Surveys private domain When the world starts closing in Storm winds blow their gales again He's a pirate in his own backyard Smooth sailing from his captain chair His friends and loved ones join him there He's a pirate in his own backyard Yeah, he's a pirate in his own bag, All right. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. So tell us about that song. I see you wrote that with uh, Frank McInvale. Yeah, Frank is uh, one of my very best fans. Absolutely my very best fan. Frank is a uh, he's president of the Jim Asbell Fan Club. And about a year or so ago, he um, we have a very good friend named Joel Oates, who uh, is the president of the Atlanta Parrothead Club. Joel and his wife, Susan, uh, bought a house in Duluth and uh, kind of converted the backyard to a Key West scene. It looks just like a Key West when you walk in their backyard. I mentioned that to Frank, and Frank had noticed I mean, everybody that goes there has been to Key West knows it. And uh, Frank uh, mentioned that he was going to write a poem, so he wrote a poem for it called Pirate in His Own Backyard. And um, he sent it, uh, he gave it to Joel, and, and uh, we were talking about it one day when we were talking about putting a, a CD together. And he said, can you make it into a song? And, uh, you know, I thought, yeah, it was, it was a good point, but the meter was just a little different. And I had a real, that melody for that song there was what I'd wanted to use for another song for Man Overboard on the CD, the actual song Man Overboard. But I started messing around with it in the house one day, and, and I thought Pirate would really go good with this melody. So Todd Agee, the guy who does keyboards for me and produced the CD, and I started working around with it and came up with that, uh, that version of it. And we kind of, uh, took some certain liberties with the words and rewrote it a bit, but uh, the theme is the same and the idea is the same and the whole, uh, the whole, the whole thing follows down along that line. So it's, it's one of my favorites to play and it's one of the favorites of when people come to see me. So it's just one of a, a real good song that uh, people have really taken to. So how long have you been performing? I started playing for real uh, in my second career, <laughs> which is uh, the current acoustic uh, version about 10 years ago. Um, I had played, you know, in high school bands and all that stuff. That was the long hair, hippie, uh, heavy metal days. And 
Um, I'm just not good enough to play that kind of music anymore. So I was, uh, I was sitting, uh, sitting around and a good friend of mine had a, um, was having a derby party, Kentucky derby party. And so on his house, he had this old Martin case. And I said, yeah, is that a Martin guitar? Cause uh, I'd never played one at the time. And he said, yes, yeah. so we pulled it out. And so I started messing with it. And while we were there, he pulled out a Buffett CD and I, you know, I'd heard Margaritaville and, and the other stuff. And he started playing that Buffett song. I thought, holy cow. So I started messing with it again. And, and then, uh, Todd and I, the guy, again, the producer of the CD, um, at the time lived here in Georgia. And we started messing around playing, uh, just parties and stuff and then started hitting it for real about, I guess about 10 years ago, the 95, 96 area. And the first time I think I saw you play was down in Key West. And, uh, I guess you've kind of picked up the island inflection in your songs. I mean, that's the album is obviously, it's called Man Overboard. <laughs> so what made you take it to the level of deciding to uh, try to put some of the tropics in your songs? Well, it is, um, it's a common theme with a lot of people that they want to live at the beach or live in the tropics. I mean, it's obvious. It's not a, it's not a tough theme to, uh, to sell to people. But what I wanted to do, I, I'm definitely influenced by Buffett music. I'm definitely influenced by that that whole genre of music, and it's kind of a subculture now. But um, I wanted to keep the influence, but not write, you know, laying on the beach and drinking beer all day songs. And so that's why uh, that's where uh, I kind of I wanted to make sure everybody knows when they listen that it is uh, it's uh, you know island influence, but. But based, uh, I probably got more country feel in me than anything else right now, which is odd, coming from a heavy metal uh, background, Kiss and all that stuff. But uh, that's that was it. And you know, if you've ever been to Key West, um, it's kind of like Monty Python. Some people get it, and some people don't. And those that get it are all in the same boat, man. <laughs> and so I fell in that boat, and I, I really love the, I love the, um, I love the uh, the feeling that you get when you're down there. Uh, and it's it's kind of turned into a boutique now. It's a little bit more touristy, but there's still pockets where you're down there, and, and everybody's real. Uh, no, there's no pretensions. Everything, everybody's just who they are, and I like that a lot. So maybe you'd like to play a uh, another song for us. Sure, I'd be glad to. How about uh, "Man Overboard"? I like that one. Okay, that's a uh, that'll be a little tough to pull off acoustically, but we'll do it. Um, this one was written. Um, Coming from the corporate world, um, you spend a lot of time doing things. Uh, uh, in corporate America, you can work a whole lot and not have any tangible results. And um, I, that's kind of where this this came from is, uh, you know, it's like overboard in two situations. It's, it's on the album, it's spelled overboard, B-O-R-A-D. And so, um but that's kind of it. It's kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm overboard and I'm overboard. I got to get out of here. So that's where that, uh, that all came from. So we'll give it a shot here if I find the chart. All right. Show folks made lots of money, climbed lots of floors, successful in their book and using all their steps, but always wishing I was somewhere else. I'm a man overboard, lived on the glass ceilings, the hit ground floor. 
guitar with you singing along boring and comfortable it leaves me quite now i'll be out of breath but i learned to run cause i'm a man overboard left under glass ceilings i hit ground floors i'm a man Overboard Don't want to live In the real world no more Because say what you will For some life without thrill Steady way to go For the restless like me I can't help but be Doubting what they think that they know Sing song after song Each night after night I know I must be quite the sight Where does it come from? Can't say I don't know Well, I'll take a shot and enjoy the show Cause I'm a man Overboard Lived under glass ceilings I hit ground floors I'm a man Overboard I walk the plank And I'll swim for the shore I'm a man Overboard I trade my passage For an uncharted shore Cause I'm a man Overboard I'll empty my pockets And I'll swim for the shore Cause I'm a man Overboard And I don't want to live In a real world no more You pulled it off acoustically? <laughs> yeah <laughs> Very well First time ever All right So you were mentioning some of your influences uh, You said that you have a lot of country sound in this even though you started off kind of being a rock and roller, right. you liked to kiss a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when I was in high school, they were the band, man, them and Aerosmith and all that. But yeah, that's, uh, that's basically where it started. So tell me about some of your other influences. I saw you were covering uh, Gordon Lightfoot, which is very underappreciated, and uh, Stephen Stills, and then a Jimmy Buffett song. So tell us about some of your influences and some of your favorite musicians. Yeah, I am one of the one of the groups that's always been with me, and it's. Uh, I don't play much of their music anymore, but is the Eagles. I have, uh, I love the soaring melodies that these guys made when they sang and the songs that they wrote. When they got into the, uh, you know, the Hotel California in the long run stage, they kind of all got political and all that, but, uh, but they were always a big influence to me. Um, I like Gordon Lightfoot a lot. It happens to be, uh, Kathy McInvale, Frank's wife's favorite song in the world. So I played it once on a gig and, and, uh, she passed out and, uh, so. <laughs> So we, uh, uh, ever since then, anytime she's there, I have to play it. But anyway, I thought I'd put it on the album. Not only just, I, I did want to do it for her and for the fan club, but, um, I like the song a lot. Um, and I, I probably will do more Gordon Lightfoot in the future when I, uh, get there. But, uh, I like songwriters, you know, I like, uh, I like good songs. I like good songwriters. Um, Buffett is an influence. Um, you know, uh, anything along that line, that genre of, um, of, um, harmonic stuff and it is a little more acoustic and a more country now i love james taylor 
I don't have the guts to try too much of it. I play a couple of his songs, but it's, they're so difficult. I really, as a result of liking Buffett, got into Mag McAnally a lot, who I just, I, you know, I just cannot tell you how much I like his songs. They're, they're, uh, they're so deep and he's such a great musician. Um, but that's it. And I'm, you know, the older I get, the more I'm kind of just wandering off the beaten path and finding, uh, artists that have been around, but you haven't really heard of a lot. But, uh, uh as far as lyrically, uh, and musically, it's probably more in the line of the, of the, uh, the Eagles and that kind of stuff. What you're hearing on the CD is basically a collaboration between me and Todd. Todd is kind of, uh, from a, uh, from a, uh, Northeastern Motown, you know, groove kind of background. And he's a very talented, he's a true honest to God musician. I'm just a hack that started playing guitar, but Todd knows music. And, uh, I'll send him three chords in a cloud of dust and he'll send back, you know, the stuff that's hard as hell to play, which is why I have to have charts a lot of time because it, uh, you know, skinny little bastard drives me crazy. But anyway, uh, now th that's what makes, that's what makes things work out between us real well. And, um, you know, I, I like all kinds of music. When my, when I was growing up, my father was a, uh, worked on jukeboxes and he was always bringing home the 45s after they were stale on the jukebox. And I had everything from Motown to, you know, rhythm and blues and all that. So I like all kinds. Um, but as far as playing, I, I probably would uh, lean more towards country, Garth Brooks kind of stuff. Um, you know, can we cuss on this show? You can say some things. Okay, good. Because <laughs> uh, there's uh, a lot of people, uh, when you say Garth Brooks, it uh, evokes. But anyway, that kind of thing. That kind of thing. <laughs> I'm in that, uh, I'm more probably along that line. I've, I've been told I have kind of a twangy voice at times. So there's one of your other songs. Uh, we actually have a request to hear this one. Uh, it's called "So Clear." Could you tell us about that song? Yeah, um, that was uh, that was in the uh, in the final one of the last songs we did for the CD. We were putting it together. <coughs> excuse me, we were putting that together in in time for the Parrothead cruise, uh, which goes out every March and it's sponsored by the Atlanta Club. And um, one of the things they do on the uh, on the the group of people that are going on the cruise, I've been booked to be on it. And they send out this uh, kind of a survey, uh, you know, and it asks them, what's your favorite thing about the cruise? You've been on the cruise before. Uh, what did you enjoy the most, least? And, and one of the things they ask is, what would you be doing if you weren't doing what you're doing now? And, you know, to a, they're all parrot heads, so they're all, I'd be living on an island drinking, you know, glasses of uh, <laughs> frozen drinks with uh, umbrellas in them. So uh, I had thought about that. And there's this, there's a beach bar that I like a whole lot. And um, it, that imagery of that that place that i go to and uh the imagery of everybody wanting to live in a place like that uh it was just kept going through my mind of uh you know this is what it this is what everybody would be if they could i mean as much as i didn't like i said i don't want to put you know he ran away from home from maine and lives in key west and drinks beer on the beach all day songs that's kind of what this ended up being but um that's uh it's a it's a kind of a um stream of consciousness about those things going through my mind and then this place that i really really like a lot and uh it's no longer with us it uh, is eaten up by condominiums but um it was just a great place to be and i spent a lot of time there just sitting on the you know sitting on the stools and uh, and looking out of the ocean so that's how so clear came about well where was this place may i ask it was in panama city beach florida actually it was down on the beach uh it was a little video uh a little video bar down there um uh, I can't remember the name of it now. It's been so many years, but it was, uh, it, it was right down. It was down on the far end of the beach and this guy that, uh, that owned it, uh, I think it was called the red rooster or something like that, but it was just a, it was a dive and, uh, but it was the greatest place. And they had, they had the old wire spools, you know, from the old cabling were their tables. 
And um, I mean, out on the deck, he had Adirondack chairs that you could sit in, and they were all just beat to hell. And, you know, scar people had written stuff all over and all that. But it was just such a great, great place. The beer was cold. They had oysters, you know, and it was just a, a great place that I always enjoyed being there. And so um, that that kind of uh, led me to that to that lyric. Well, let's hear it. Okay. Dream of the faraway place It's always warm With sun-drenched beaches And emerald palm Crystal blue ocean and the surf is always gone Singers and thatchers singing their island song It's a place where the winter only brings shorter days Trade winds push all the sailing ships our way. The fishermen and locals all seem to have it made. And the days all die off into violet haze. So clear in my mind's eye, this paradise is too perfect a vision to realize all the good spots on earth the bed of the dead oh, I just keep this old place to myself for a while for a while Weathered bartender smiles as he pulls another beer Another water spot on the wire spool table sitting here That Adirondack chair never fell quite so right The perfect sunset sinks into perfect night It's a place that I go to each and every day all the locals find it too expensive, but they stay. It's safe and it's breezy and it's out of harm's way. Two seasons hot and hotter, so that's what they say. It's so clear in my mind's eye, this paradise. Too perfect a vision to realize All the good spots on earth have been loved to death Why just keep this old place to myself for a while For a while And the one thing that I think is really remarkable is how quickly you've 
you know, you're very humble, but a lot of the parrotheads really love you. I mean, I, I hear lots of comments about you, and the other, a lot of the other musicians in the area uh, have said a lot of things about your music and your style. Why do you think it is that so many people have been drawn to your music and don't be humble? <laughs> um, uh, it's, it, is, it is very humbling. I, it's hard for me to talk about myself. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is that drew them um, that way. I think a lot of it is that they see, uh, at least in my mind, that, uh, you know, I could be them. You know, I'm a guy who worked for a living and, uh, you know, in corporate America, a nameless drone uh, who had a, you know, had a, a dream, a chance to play music and uh, and did. And uh, it's worked out real well. I mean, I love what I'm doing. I, I can't think of anything I'd rather be doing. Nothing in the world. And um, I, hopefully that shows through. I, I honest to God, can't tell you what they see in me or why they keep coming. I mean, God bless them. Uh, it's the best thing in the world that they do. But it, it's um, it's hard to say. I really don't know. I don't know what has brought them that way. I think a lot of it is that um, there's a, I, I guess, for me, there's a kindred spirit with them. I mean, if I wasn't playing, I'd be out there. I'd be sitting there watching somebody play. And um I, I honest to God would I love playing it so much. I, I like the same kind of music that they like. And it seems like any new song I learn anytime I play it, they all start hooping and hollering and say, Oh my God, I didn't know you knew that. So I don't know. Maybe it's just a connection there, but whatever it is, I hope, I hope I don't ever lose it uh, because they're wonderful people. And it's, uh, it's very humbling to have them come out and see you. Well, let me ask you this. What drew you to them? Um, <laughs> um, you know, when I first started out, I was playing at uh, at a place in uh, a lot in a place in Snellville, Georgia, called the Lazy Dog Tavern, and it was a it's one of these strip malls that had had gone bankrupt, and somebody opened a bar up in there, and it was as uh, as low key and as off the beaten path as you could get, and um, being there and playing, uh, I played uh, the on weekends from the nine to one shift, and you know one o'clock you'd be in there. And there'd be one or two, three, three people left, whatever. And you're, you're trying to get through it and everything. And so, um, when you, when you finally get someone that, that is actually, and you can tell when people are listening and when your background noise. And, um, I was playing at a, um, I was playing there and, and just keeping that in my mind, I had just about ready to give it up. You know, I, I'd been doing it for about six or seven years and I thought, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, and uh, and I was I basically quit playing there, but maybe once a month just to as a as a, a favor to the owner. And so the, a guy that I knew called me up and he said, "There's a place out in Gwinnett County called the Flying Machine. It's a restaurant off the runway there in Gwinnett County Airport." And he wanted to do he does theme shows. He has like an Elvis show and all. This. He wanted to do a Buffett show. And this guy that was a friend said, "I know a guy that plays a lot of Buffett." And at the time I did, I played probably about half of what I play now, but I played a good bit. And um. So they, I played there and, you know, it was, it was on a Thursday night and it was a $10 cover. So of course, you know, there's not a huge crowd, but part of the crowd that was there were, uh, four people from the, uh, Lake Lanier Paradise Club. It was Billy Pate and, uh, Doug and Jackie Brown and Frank Troncali. And, uh, they started whipping out, you know, when you go anytime you play for, for a Buffett crowd, you don't ever need a set list because they they start firing off requests one by one. Well, as luck would have it, I knew everything they wanted to hear. And they thought, you know, they thought this can't be, this can't be happening. So that kinship drew me to them. I mean, you know, they, I was really, it was really appreciative when you play and people, 
People react to what you're playing. And, you know, and when you go to the bar, they're not, they're not, it's not a concert, you know, they're not sitting there watching you entertain. They're at a bar and you're playing in there. Hopefully you're entertaining them. And, but these guys were really, uh, they knew the words like I did and they knew what they wanted to hear and they wanted to, to hear it this way. And, and it, it just, it drew me to them. They asked me to play a party and it just kind of went from there and, uh, they started spreading the word. And again, that parrot head, that whole, uh, that whole culture is like a, just a subculture and word gets out fast and breaking into it is very, very difficult. But once you get there, you're kind of in. So I was drawn to that, that, uh, that they like the same kind of music I did and that they really seemed to enjoy more than background music, that it was, it was something that they were enjoying doing. I was enjoying doing for them. I guess you hear a lot of uh, people yelling one more song. Yeah, <laughs> that is, uh, one more song was the first thing I ever wrote uh, for the CD, and it is a um, a true story. You know, it's made up of several true stories, but um, every time I play, um, and again going back to the Lazy Dog story, you know, you, you're playing that one that twelve to one set with three people in there, and you're just trying to get to one o'clock so you can get paying it out of there. But with these guys, um, no matter how long I play or where I play or, or what I've done, there's always somebody out there. Come on, one more. Just give us one more song. One more song. And it doesn't matter how many times I play or where I play. One of this group, a core group of people shows up, at least one, and they start that one more song and stuff. And it's funny, uh, you know, it's very flattering. It's, 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 um, it's very flattering to have people want to hear more. And sometimes they want to hear more because they don't want the music to stop, but sometimes they want to hear one more song. So they, they started that every time I play, they'll start that one more song and, it became kind of a joke because I'd come up for the last set and I'd say, okay, we got 45 more minutes. And then the next time I got, we got 40 minutes and I would start doing that. And, uh, and one time I was playing out at Wild Wing and I, I had played, it was a, it was a, it was a party kind of thing. So it wasn't just a standard three hour gig. And, and I got back up there and I looked at, I usually keep my watch on my microphone stand and I looked down. And I thought, God almighty, I can't, you know, it's only two o'clock. Well, the dirty bastards had set my clock, my watch back an hour while I was on break. So that kind of led to the song. And that's how that, that's how, uh, one more song came about. Well, let's hear it. All right. They went crazy clothes and they show up in droves. Most of my words and they hum when they don't This is their world, this is how they play I got one set to go, time to plan my getaway Saying goodnight, about two songs to go Hoping to roll before the rooster crows Finishing on time, just ain't my luck And they say you wouldn't have this problem if you sucked So here I go, playing everything I know Now it's a race, see who hits the floor the words to the songs are less and less clear Here comes the salt, quavo, lines and beers I lost track of time, but it's way late, I think What the hell, yes, please, one more drink I'm hoping that they've all got to get on back home And then the loudest ones start screaming one more song but Here I go, playing everything I know Now it's a race to see who it's afloat Words to the songs are less and less clear Gonna need a ride to get me on from here
Not for years I'd give everything I had To get this chance that I wanted so bad This is one dream too good to be true Free drinks and stage and a bunch of drinking fools Somebody set the clock back an hour I think My logic and volume was starting to sink the heads are on the table, I'm thinking that they're gone And then one wakes up and screams, one more song Well here I go playing everything I know We'll call it a draw, please light the door The words to the songs are less and less clear Gotta need a ride to get me home from here I like it. Thank you. Thank you. So through the power of modern technology, this show is able to go out all over the world. So what my question for you is, Mr. Jim Asbell, what would you like to say to the world? <laughs> be cool, man. That's all I can say. All this stuff going on, just be cool. Enjoy yourself. Um, life is what you make it. Um, you know, I... It's easy to go a lot of paths, and I think uh, the happiest people in the world are the ones that uh, know exactly what they want and do everything they can to get there. Well spoken. But before you go, would you play one song for me? Sure. Would you play Where I Want to Be? Where I Want to Be, yes. Um, I will. Uh, I have not performed this song live ever. First time. First time live ever, yep. But, uh, yes, I'll be glad to play it for you. All right. I wrote this song, I was down in, uh, back in my traveling days at work, I was down in Mobile, Alabama, and um, it was after the hurricane had hit, but after the hurricane, you, you know, you just see a lot of, a lot of people, uh, you know, the devastation, you can't, you can see it on TV, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything as much as it does being there, and, and to see what all these people had lost, and um, anyway, I, I really wanted to be home, I didn't want to be there, I wanted to be home, and um I've got a uh, a young son that uh that you know I really I really missed and wanted to be home with my wife and and so I was sitting in a hotel room in Mobile Alabama right there on the bay and when the sun sets out there the water in the water in Mobile Bay where we were is is very muddy and it's um it's it's a very shallow kind of inlet there but when the sun sets it hits it is just absolutely stunningly gorgeous I mean it's the most beautiful sunset you'll ever see <clears throat> coming over those reeds so as I sat there in the hotel room, about as miserable as I could be, and uh, when all these feelings going on, I, I um, started writing this, and uh, it just kind of flowed out. But uh, we'll give it a shot. I'll try to, uh, I'll try to get through it. I don't know. Uh, like I said, I've never played it live, but um, I did. Uh, that's where the story comes from. So I'll try to give it a shot for you. Slowly sinking in the rising tide The gold reflection from the water is blinding to my eye Beauty now that masks the muddy water underneath 
Tide lines drift off south We're slowly on to their release Five hundred miles away From you and in this painted scene No indescribable The scenery I only feel the missing pain Wondering how things are going Back in our home there Trade this postcard viewpoint to get to you right now Cause there's no beauty in a dreamland better than your smile And there's no music that is sweeter than the laughter of a child Beaches, oceans, marshlands, islands where I wanna be But none are more important than the place with you and me Well, I am happy just to let the music take me to those lands Hopelessly beyond the reaches of the common man On the day the rain on the walk And the road's a lonely place when you're out of the show The things we want so The endless scapes can be better Than the one we know There's no beauty in a dreamland better than your smile There's no music that is sweeter than the laughter of a child There are beaches, oceans, marshlands, islands where I want to be But none are more important than the place with you and me The place with you and me All right, the first time ever where yes. I want to be. Jim, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, thank you. I really do appreciate it. It's uh, it's it's what you guys are doing is is uh, is unprecedented. I mean, you're giving solo artists and uh, people like myself that would never get this form anywhere else a chance. And uh, I know I speak for a lot of other guys who've I've talked to have been on the show. We really appreciate it. Oh well, thank you. May I ask where can the listeners find out more about you? You can check out www.jimasbell.com, and uh, you can also uh, email the, the fan club at uh, jimsislanders at comcast.net. Those uh, both are on my uh, website. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. It was a pleasure. And now the Frank McInvale interview. 
Also joining us today is Frank McInvale, the president of Jim Asbell's fan club. I do thank him for coming along. Welcome. Thank you for for having me, Paul. So tell us about uh, what made you have the idea to start a, a Jim Asbell fan club. Well, when we discovered Jim and started listening to him play and and absolutely fell in love with his style and his voice, uh, there was a group of us that all got together and decided that we would try to help him promote his career as much as possible. And we know that one of the ways that these independent musicians get ahead and get a following built up is by having a fan club and having a, a fan base to come out and listen to them perform and, and show them support. Uh, we'd seen that with a bunch of other artists that we follow. So uh, some friends and I decided to get together and try to put it together, and this is what came out of it. So how did you find uh, uh, Jim? Uh, some friends of ours had seen him playing at the uh, Flying Machine up at the Lawrenceville Airport, and they uh, happened to just hear from someone that there was a guy there playing Buffett. So they went in on a Thursday night, I think it was, and listened to him and came back just ranting and raving about how many songs this guy knew that nobody ever plays, you know, Buffett stuff that you never hear live, and how great his voice was and how nice of a guy he was. So we went back with him the next week and took a half a dozen of us in and just absolutely fell in love with him. It was great. Uh, what a great show he put on that night. So we started going back. At that point, Jim was saying that uh, he didn't know if he was going to continue playing music. He was at a point where he wasn't getting a lot of gigs and he wasn't having most, many people follow him. And, and like he said before, he, uh, he doesn't like being background noise. He wants people to pay attention when he plays. So when we started paying attention, he noticed. And uh, that, that led it into us being able to talk him into keep, keeping playing, you know, continuing to play. And it has progressed from there. That was about three years ago. So I take it you're a tropical music fan? Absolutely. I, I love all these guys, all the, uh, the tropical music that's around. You know, I've started off uh, listening with you know, like Sonny Jim White, uh, Jim Morris, uh, Hugo Duarte, just all these guys that are just so awesome in their own right. What do you think it is about that kind of music that attracts you? Well, I've always been a Buffett fan, always been a Parrothead. Uh, I love the island lifestyle, the island way of doing things the laid-back style i love the beach love the islands um and a lot of the songs that come out of these guys portray that you know they they uh, foster that mental image of being on the beach and that's what i enjoy that's what i listen to anywhere i go so do you have a good jim asbell story for us <laughs> uh well uh in the uh the song, one more song, when he uh, talked about someone setting the clock back an hour, I think. Well, that was me. <laughs> I actually stole his watch on a break off of his mic stand and turned it back an hour, put it back on his mic stand, and he came back and played. And he, he played a couple of songs, and then he, he kind of, I could see him looking at his watch, and then he'd play another song, and he looked at his watch, and he's shaking his head going, God, I thought it was later than this. You know, I can't believe this. And it, it took him about four or five songs to catch on that somebody messed with my watch. Well, that was me. <laughs> Was there anything about Jim Asbell that you think makes him one of your favorites? Because obviously you love the guy. I mean, <laughs> yes, yes, I do. He's a, he's a very good friend for one thing, but uh, also I. Well, what started off was 
the sheer volume of Buffett music that he knew how to play that, like I said, nobody else plays live. That was one of the beginning things that got us interested in, in following him around. Uh, and from there, it's just his personality comes through. He's a very genuine and honest person. Um, besides that, I believe his voice is an incredible talent and his, his guitar skills are excellent as well, but his voice is what really brings it through. And when we go out and listen to him play, people that have never heard him before, this happened last night at the show where Fingers was there, uh, there was a couple sitting behind me that had never been in Cheeseburger before, had never heard of Jim or, or uh, Katie Moore. They, of course, had listened to Jimmy Buffett but didn't know Fingers by name. Um, they were probably, you know, around 30 years old or so. Uh, and the one guy, he knew, I obviously knew who was on stage and everything. And he reached over and tapped me on the shoulder and said, okay, so who are these guys? And so I explained to him who Fingers was and then who KD was and Jim. And uh, as it progressed through the night, he reached up and tapped me on the shoulder and he said, uh, these guys are awesome. But the guy on the right with the green shirt, God, he sounds just like Buffett. <laughs> he just really sounds like Jimmy. And that's uh, it, it came through very clearly, to even to people that had never heard him before. And it, it really is, I, I believe, it, an amazing talent. Well, thank you very much for coming down. It's a pleasure to have you. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Paul Leslie Hour. Hosted, written, and produced by Paul Leslie. Intro theme song, Alexander's Ragtime Band. Written by Irving Berlin, performed by Dan Barrett. Outro scatting G things, improvised, performed, and produced by John Goodwin. Until next time. Goodbye.